Welcome to Season 3 from A Lancashire Lass with me, Lucy Baxter. Well, here's the start of another season from A Lancashire Lass just for you. Thank you so much to my listeners for all the support and I'm back with new episodes every other Friday. So whatever you're doing, I do hope you enjoy this new season. Joining me today is Helen Summers, the editor of the Women's Football magazine. I'm really excited to chat to Helen today all about what this is and why it's important for women in the sport. So welcome to the podcast, Helen. How are you today? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. No, not at all. So take me back to kind of why you set this up and, and the process of, of wanting to, to have this magazine. Yeah, we set up the business, it's it's nearly five and a half years ago now. Um, It was something that I'd always wanted to do, like looking back over my career, I always wanted to run my own magazine. Um, And I'd got back into following and writing about women's football um, through a job. Um, Actually got made redundant for that job and was sat at home wondering what to do next and my husband basically went, well, why not give it a go and try it now? Um, so sat and chatted to a friend of mine who is all in IT and web design. And we sat and put um, the business together um, and kind of started it from there. And obviously, I know a bit about your career prior to this, but for listeners who don't, so you have a background in journalism. What was your career like up until you decided to set this up yourself and kind of have your own news um, outlet, if you will? It was as crackers as you can expect a journalism um, career to be. Um, It was just, it was nonstop. I mean, it still is nonstop, Um, but it was brilliant, like, the opportunities that we got like from the moment of leaving university up until starting the magazine it was just non-stop um I started off at a charity as a media manager and then moved to um the press association and was covering um a whole heap of sport as well as football but mainly covering like the Premier League and getting to go to different Premier League matches Champions League and the women's game as well um which was brilliant. I mean, some of the best memories of my career are definitely from that period of, of my life. And where did the love of football come from? And especially, I guess, the women's football? Football has been a part of my life for as long as I can remember it. My dad and my granddad are the ones that got me into being a football fan. Um, they're both Blackpool fans. So it was very quickly kind of ingrained into me to be a Blackpool fan. Um, and I've been going to watch them since I was a little girl. I did play very a very short period uh, when I was younger, but there wasn't really opportunities for us to play um, when I was a kid. Um, but I do remember even back then, kind of like there used to be a page in the Blackpool programmes each week that was about the Blackpool ladies team. And I always remember like that was always one of the first things I'd go and read and just be like, oh, what have, what have they been up to? Um, but it actually was back through work then that I got back into following the women's game and kind of fell back in love with everything about it and there's just a feeling when you go to women's games there's just something so different they're just the atmosphere and the fans 
it's such a family orientated sport that you can't help but fall for it Mm, yeah and I guess with what happened with the Lionesses and winning the Euros that was a big change for women's football but also I, I bet you were very busy with the magazine around that time with what they did yeah absolutely it was a cracker summer but so brilliant like looking back on it we did I think I covered nearly I think I covered 16 or 17 games over the tournament kind of traveling up and down the country to various different games and just getting to meet fans as well from different parts of Europe and seeing what women's football like was like over there because I mean we can see here how much it's growing but getting to meet fans from Spain, Sweden, Netherlands and seeing how much like their love for the sport is as well really kind of makes you realize how much it is on the rise um across the world um obviously the lionesses get into the final and then actually lifting the trophy was just what dreams are made of i'll quite happily admit that i sobbed my eyes out at the final whistle i was probably still crying a few days later actually um but it was just like you couldn't help but just be completely and utterly overwhelmed by the fact that we'd actually done it yeah there was that quote wasn't there and it was like um the men the men say it's coming home and the women were like nah mate I'll go and do it we'll, we'll do it for you just get it sorted yeah. um the world cup for the men obviously France knocked out England do you feel like there is still a bit of not priority but kind of the the men's world cup and the men's euros is seen as a I don't know is just publicised more and maybe there's more of it on TV and people get around it more than with women's? I think the women's great game is growing. Um, There is definitely still more kind of hype, I'd say, around the men's game. Um, But it's been more popular for a lot longer, so it's it's not really that surprising. Um, You're definitely getting a lot more people kind of following the women's game now. Um, For me... I want it to grow organically, though. I don't want it to be forced on people. Because if you force it on people and everybody's like, oh, I'll have to watch it, eventually it'll drop off. But if we keep growing it organically and people find the game the way I kind of got into it and started following it because of how like much I just enjoyed going to them, mm. then it'll be so much more sustainable kind of going forwards. And so with the magazine, so you said it was five and a half years ago, talk me through kind of the structure of the magazine, how often it's published, kind of different parts of it. Talk me through kind of what people can expect if they want to read it. Yeah, absolutely. So we cover um, all women's football in the UK, basically. So we start from, we have a grassroots section um, at the bottom, and then we go all the way up to through all the leagues, and then we cover all four home nations. Um, So we are the only women's football magazine that covers all of the different leagues, plus all four home nations. Uh, We come out at the beginning of every month. Um, So it's a monthly publication, and it's basically 90 pages dedicated to everything and anything you can think of women's football related. We have exclusive interviews, features, opinion pieces, and news stories throughout the mag. And how long did it take you to kind of work up that reputation of having such a, a great magazine and something that you get these exclusive interviews and things? Because I guess that took a bit of time to for for, for these footballers and, and people in the industry to to, to interview. Yeah, I had I was lucky. I mean, I had a lot of contacts already through like my previous work, like people knew who 
I was through like work I used to do um so that kind of certainly helped and then it's just a case of getting to as many games and getting to talk to as many people as possible at the beginning that then starts getting you on the right press release emails and the right kind of contacts and eventually you do start to build it up I mean there's still there are still some like kind of areas where it's like we're just not known as well um but that just comes with time and it comes with persistence a lot of the time um we're lucky now that we've got a really good group of volunteers um that are, that work really hard for us as well um that cover a lot of games over the weekends we have writers and people working on work experience um as a whole team now so at the start when it was just me and will our other director um it was obviously a lot harder but we we've really passionate about the fact that we've built and grown into a really good team that are also passionate about the game yeah i was going to ask you a bit more about how that works so is everyone kind of volunteers or other and and i guess like how many people do you have do you do you make sure you've always got someone at each game or how does that work yeah so we've got so we everyone's a volunteer um doing it as either work experiences they're at university or just because they have a love of the game and want something slightly different from their nine to five day job um to do each week um we have everyone that's with us is basically um given a section or a part of the magazine so we'll have someone who focuses on the wsl someone who focuses on cup competitions or internationals and then each month they kind of bring ideas to the table um in like the monthly meetings and the monthly chats as to what they want to cover or what they want to write and we can make sure that we either get the they'll get interviews sorted themselves or we'll get them sorted or if they want to go to games we'll make sure they get press passes and things what is it like at a um you know like a women's football match or any football match in like as a press pass what does that enable you to do and I guess how much more exciting is that than just spectating yeah you never quite get over that excitement of sitting in a press box like even 10 years down the line I still love getting to go to games um I don't get to as many now as I used to because I've got so much else to do um but there's just always that kind of thing of sitting there and having your own table and your little tv screen so you can watch the replays um but then it also comes with the bonuses then of getting to talk to players, managers and getting all the interviews after games and before the games as well. Um, that's the added bonuses of getting extra content um, for the issues and for social media and things as well when you're at games. Yeah, definitely. So have you met the um, the England winners, the Euro, that team? Did you meet all of those? What was that like? Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, we, we get to see them quite regularly anyway going down to like England press conference and things um but we went down the day after they won the Euros there was a big um like fan celebration in Trafalgar Square in London and they all came to that and like that just kind of it was just so relaxed everyone was just so happy and I think some of them probably hadn't been to bed by that point um, so there's definitely a suit there was definitely a lot of people wearing sunglasses which was quite funny um, <laughs> but that was that was one of the like best experiences because people could relax like the tournament was over they'd achieved what they wanted to achieve and at that point it was just party time um, I mean it's even now it still gets to like 
it, you actually get to meet them and there's still that kind of buzz of like I've seen you hundreds of times you know who I am I know who you are but at the same time you're still like they won the Euros that's so cool <laughs> yeah yeah definitely I think as well like with I'm a celebrity this year and Jill Scott on that I feel like people got to know her a bit more who maybe didn't know her necessarily because you know like yeah they won the Euros but there wasn't a great deal of these are the footballers in breakdowns such, such as what they have in in the men's like you know the names of the people there that you know like Harry Kane and people what what did you think I guess did you watch her in that what was it what did you think I did indeed I mean Jill couldn't have come across any more like she's that is just her everything that you saw in the jungle is Jill to an absolute T she's just so relaxed and so happy and we'll just get on with life and it's great to it is great to see them now being classed as big enough to be in shows like I'm a celebrity like you wouldn't have dreamed about that like five years ago mm. if you'd have had a women's footballer going five years ago and everyone have been like who's that and now as soon as like she was announced of old Jill Scott's going and everyone was thinking that's cool and yeah. like that just shows the progression of how many people and how many more people have kind of got access to the women's games yeah um, it's yeah it's really important and I guess what you're doing with this magazine will be a huge part of helping women's football and the narrative change about women's football and sort of giving it that platform yeah absolutely it's, it's one of the things that we're really passionate about is getting to tell stories of footballers that don't necessarily get told like a lot even now like a lot more people are, are knowing like the players that are in the super league but if you drop down a couple of leagues like women's football is so big when you even when you get down to like the national league and there are so many amazing stories of people working even in the backroom staff or as players you've got you've got teams there who aren't professional literally the third tier down in the women's game who are doctors nurses have worked through the pandemic you've got people in the army and those stories are so amazing when you realize like the effort that they put in just to get to play football and that is something that we are so passionate about kind of getting getting out there for people to realize just how different the women's game is to the men's when it comes to the structure yeah when when you're putting the magazine together how how can people how can people read it find it where's the best place for them to do that so we um so the magazine itself is fully digital so um you subscribe through the website um and go basically go on there um set up your subscription it's up to you whether you pay monthly or annually um and it just gets downloaded straight onto your phone, tablet, or however you want to read it, basically. So people can take it with them and, and read it as they go. And what would you say like the audience is for the magazine? Like is it is it more women or is it is it a mixture of both? What what kind of stats or figures do you think it would be? Yeah, it's it's amazingly we always expected it to be more more women that yeah. would read the book. But it is actually still pretty 50-50, which I think is really important. You get a lot of dads whose daughters play football who want to learn more about um, the game. They're, they're always my favourite ones when they can, when they subscribe. Um, but we also have a lot of teams subscribed. So we have a team subscription. 
uh, which we launched back end of 2020, um, that basically gives a full team a really heavily discounted subscription. Um, and then they also, so we have like a quite, we've, we've recently been growing those teams um, to be able to kind of really promote those as well. Um, so they, um, as a season ticket holder, is what the class does if it's a team subscription, um, as well as then getting access for the, all the players to be able to read the magazine, will promote their club through the website and through the magazine as well. So it just helps clubs be able to promote the game in other levels that they wouldn't necessarily be able to do. Yeah, it's so innovative and it's just such a... Like it sounds such an exciting like magazine and like something that obviously you're really passionate about. You can see that just from from listening to you. You went to the Enterprise Vision Awards this year. Tell me a little bit about how that you got involved with that. Absolutely. So we were nominated for the Internet Industry of the Year Awards um, and made it to the final five finalists. Um, it was an incredible night set in the Winter Gardens in Blackpool. And to be honest, it was just really nice to actually get out to an event. It was the first time I'd been out, but actually get being able to get a nice frock on, go out and celebrate since COVID. So for us, that was just incredible. Um, and sitting in a room full of other businesswomen was, it was just a really empowering night. And I felt very proud to have managed to make it to be a finalist, absolutely. And what was it like when you found out that you were you know in in the final five what was that kind of feeling like because you must go through times where oh like you know it's you're you're really stepping out aren't you and maybe not so much now but say if you like five years ago this would have been really kind of not unusual but a bit unheard of because women's football wasn't as widely spoken about and I, I guess sometimes that was a little bit difficult but what was it like when you were in the final final five I was absolutely gobsmacked, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> still probably am, actually, even now looking back at it and that the awards have passed and it's all happened. And there is always, and I don't think it'll ever go away, no matter how long we have the business, I will always have that bit of imposter syndrome of what am I doing sat here? Um, and especially listening to some of the stories that people were telling that night, there was definitely that kind of, how have I made it this far? But it, it does give you that chance to actually look back and, realize what you've achieved over the last five years and like to sit there and realize how far the game's come on in those five years how much we've grown and what we've learned as to what we want to promote in the magazine um it was really great just to kind of have that opportunity to be able to sit back and look how far we'd come yeah definitely no it sounds a real exciting thing especially at the winter gardens I bet it was like beautiful inside there yeah it was absolutely incredible the way it was set out it was so like it was just so beautiful the way it all been kind of decorated and then there was music on and a bit of dancing afterwards as well which is always always a good way to finish yeah. the night always um so you're also a children's author tell me a little bit about that and kind of Obviously, you're not just a journalist, you're an author, you're a very talented lady. Um, why don't you tell me a bit about that? Yeah, it's something I've always enjoyed writing stories. It's something I kind of always did when I just had a bit of spare time um, and came up with this idea of writing a book about a young girl who wanted to play football but was getting teased. Um, 
about it and it it probably draws on kind of hearing stories a lot as a journalist of oh yeah when I was younger I wanted to play football but the boys all laughed at me and it, it's amazing how many times you hear that story um so I started jotting the ideas down really came up with this small short story for children um and sent it off to a load of publishers and one came back and said yes we'd love to publish it um which was just incredible. I mean, even now, like still seeing the book out there and people buying it, it's just, it's a feeling you can't, you'll never kind of replace. So tell us what the book's called and and where people can get that from. When did you write that as well? Oh gosh, when did it get written? Uh, it came out in 2019, I believe. <laughs> I think it was 2019. Um, yeah. And you can get it from Amazon, most good bookshops, I believe. Um, it's called Why Can't I Play Football? Oh, and I guess like, so you've got a little boy um, and obviously I'm guessing football mad as well, like enjoying it. How do you think that sort of are you as a mum and kind of that generation can bring up these children to know that like women and men's football is equal? Yeah, I mean, my son has been dragged around the country going to many random women's matches um standing on sidelines and so he's already he's already very aware of the fact that football exists for everyone which I think is great and the fact that women's football is now so accessible on tv as well means that this generation of children are going to grow up naturally seeing women's football on tv so it's not going to be unusual for them which is something that none of the generations that have come before them can say. And I think that's what's so brilliant about the fact that we're trying to, a lot of games are still on free to watch telly yeah. um, because it, it can just be on it, it. The TV could have been left on from something else, but it, and, and the games come on and it means that people who wouldn't have had the opportunity to watch it before could just accidentally fall into it. But the fact that it's there for people to watch is, is so important um and i do think it's becoming a lot more accessible within clubs as well like they're becoming a lot more one club mentality of we have all these different teams who play under the banner of a team yeah and that's so that's that's finally starting to change i'm seeing but that's also something that's interesting because you don't realize um so say take preston north end or blackpool whatever you don't realize that they've got the men's, which they just call the main sort of name of the football, but then they've got women's. They'll have sort of a one for potentially people with disabilities and things, like an inclusive one, and they've got like children's ones. There's all these things that people don't realise in the in the in the brand just because it's called like Blackpool or Preston North End and they just associate it with the men's. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the best clubs for me that does the whole inclusion of different areas of football is Manchester City. They have been at the front of promoting the women's game under the same umbrella as Manchester City for years. And it shows. It shows in their number of fans that they get to games. It shows in the fact that if you went down to a normal met if you went down to a men's game on a Saturday afternoon and said, Can you name some players in the women's team? Most of the fans probably could because it's just out there everybody knows about it everybody embraces it yeah and then you've got like you say the difference in teams that 
you know there's a men's team but would have no idea if there's a women's team associated to them and it is getting there it's it's getting there but it's going to take a long time um especially for clubs that don't have a budget like Manchester City have um there was a conversation recently about Blackpool I mean as a Blackpool fan I'm quite invested in the idea of getting the women's team a lot more out there and a conversation that was brought up at a fans forum was we're more than happy to promote the women's game but as long as it doesn't affect the men's budget and that is still a very big thing when it comes to fans opinions on women's games and it's something that's not going to change because there is a difference in how much money a men's team and a women's team will bring into a club at the start that's obvious it's there's no point sugarcoating it we don't want the equal playing budget for the men's and the women's because they're in it's a totally different scenario but you've got to build that fan base up before you can actually get anywhere and build the fan trust as to realizing what a women's team and and a girl's setup could bring to your club yeah I must admit when I was at school and doing PE and things, it was always boys did football and rugby and then girls did netball and hockey. It was never, and it, it was kind of, it's that whole pink and blue, that whole girl sport, boy sport, when actually boys can play hockey. I actually don't know if boys play netball or if it's just basketball, but do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's that kind of stereotyping that started when I went into reception year one. Absolutely, I mean, Looking back now, the girls that when I was at school that I played netball and hockey with all still play either netball or hockey now because that's just what we had ingrained to us. And even if you don't want to be a professional footballer, it's still a brilliant sport to play if you just want a bit of exercise and you want that team camaraderie. But people probably wouldn't now at our age go, oh, I'm just going to randomly go and learn how to play football. You'd yeah. automatically go back to the sport that you played as a child. And I know one of the legacy um the legacies from the F that the FA set up from the Euros is that they want all girls at school to just be given an opportunity to try football. Yeah. They don't want it to be forced <clears throat> on you. You shouldn't have to play football. But at least be given the opportunity to try not just football but cricket rugby yeah any sport that you could play because if if somebody can find a team sport that you love to play then the impact that that has on your mental as well as your physical well-being of course is just so important why why do you love football so much like if you had to describe it in a sentence or a word what would would that be i know that'd be really hard but what would you say the word would be that's a good question. Um, it just brings out happiness in me. Yeah, Whether it's just watching it, and I mean, you can't say that sometimes when your team's playing terribly and you're losing every week, but it does. It's just, it's a comfort thing. It's just yeah. it's something that's always been part of my life. It brings back some of the happiest memories I have of being with family or friends, and it's just yeah, it's just being with people for me. Yeah, that's what's so important about it. Finally, I wanted to ask what's next for the magazine and for you, what you kind of have any plans for the future with it? Yeah, we are building 
at the moment as we go um i said before the fact that the magazine is fully digital um we have recently started bringing out some printed special editions that we're gonna be doing kind of twice a year um so that people could have physical copies to hold um whether or not we decide eventually to go physical on every issue is still something that we heavily debate all the time um but for, for us we're now already looking forward to the fact that the women's world cup is next summer so a lot of the focus is heading towards there and seeing how england can progress and see whether or not they can bring another trophy home for us yeah I mean, so exciting. So just tell me again if people want to follow along what the social media han- social media handles are and, and how and the website. Yeah, so the website is the Women's Football Magazine and all our social media handles are Women's Footy Mag. Um, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, occasionally TikTok, although we're not very good at it, um, and Facebook. Oh, amazing. Well, Helen, thanks so much. And it's just such an empowering topic that I think it's something that all the listeners should should just have a a look at and just understand a bit more about women's football. I think it's really great. Well, thank you so much for having us. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. To keep up to date with all things from a Lancashire Lass, follow on Facebook and Instagram at from a Lancashire Lass.